attack them vertically and then trying to attack them horizontally. And then we also want to be able to make them have to defend the perimeter and defend the edge. The more things that you can obviously be efficient at as an offense and force the defense to defend, it, it kind of stretches them out a little bit and they can't sit there, you know, waiting on your fastball the entire game. Sports Radio 610 presents former NFL quarterback Clint Sterner and Ron the Show Hughley. It's Clint Sterner and the show. Oh, yeah, Dirty. Tonight, tonight, to me, Clint starts what could be a very, very interesting five days for the Houston Texans and the Texans fan base, right? And luckily for you, that five day starts, you can listen to it right here tonight at 6 o'clock as the Tennessee Titans take on the Buffalo Bills at some Tuesday night football. But the reason why it starts tonight with Tennessee. It's Clint. Listen, it's been a renewed sense of excitement in Houston since Bill O'Brien was fired, and they got their first win against Jacksonville, their first game against a divisional opponent. They're one and four. Now, let Tennessee, who are getting hosed, but they deserve it, but hosed right now having to play a Tuesday night and then go and play Sunday against the Texans. Let Tennessee lose tonight to a team they could lose to. Buffalo is undefeated, been one of the most impressive teams this year. Let them lose to them and then lose Sunday. I feel like Houston at 2-4 and four, and then Tennessee at 3-2. and two. I feel like Houston will be absolutely insane over the next, if that happens, ending Sunday, if they're able to lose those two games. I think Houston will have a brand new feeling about this season. The excitement should should uh, should increase significantly if you're a Houston Texans fan. Uh, if if the if the Titans lose tonight to Buffalo, show you're looking at a team in, in the Tennessee Titans that have two games in six days. Their facility's been closed for the last damn near two weeks, I think. And not only are they playing two in, two games in six days, but they're playing those games on very very limited practice. And weird days. I, I know athletes, and you, you're you a former athlete, a guy played in the league, schedules are, are so big time. And you may get thrown off by Monday or Thursday. I'm not sure if they had Thursday night. Well, hell, you played for the Cowboys, so y'all played on Thursdays during Thanksgiving. Like, you, you may get that. But that Tuesday, Sunday thing, I don't know anybody's done that. Look, that that's definitely different. And and the, the thing is, is it's a routine, right? So if in, when the schedule comes out, if, if you know you got a Thursday night game, hell – you know, leading up four, five, six weeks in advance, that hey, on yes. this week here, here's what the schedule's going to be. Yeah, you may not get an off day between a Sunday and a Thursday game, or you may not get an off day before Christmas. But we're immediately going to let you hop a plane and go back to Baytown, Texas, and see your family for two or three days, and so you can get ready and and you can anticipate uh, the, the the heavier load for three or four days during the work week, and you can also anticipate and and work accordingly, knowing that you're going to have a little bit of a break when that when that particular uh, stretch run of of no off days or of 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 tough work days short you know short turnaround type of, of of game when that comes you you can anticipate everything that's associated with it with what the titans are dealing with there's no anti- hell they're they're anticipating as of yesterday whether they were going to play the game they tonight not. yes and so <laughs> you're going well okay now all of a sudden yeah hey everybody everybody had negative tests so it looks like we can play tuesday night and it's almost as if preparation for this football game 
is an afterthought, right? Let's just they, they just want to get to the game so that they can play so that they don't end up having to forfeit or they don't end up having to play a week 18 game um, after the season, force the NFL into one of those situations. So th- this is definitely a very vulnerable football team in the Tennessee Titans right now, given what they what they're up against over the last over the next six days and what they've had to experience over the last almost two weeks with with the facility being closed and and a lot of having a lot of issues in terms of preparing for a game as normal. Th- this is. You know, you hate to lean on something like this if you're the Texans. Well, hell, they can. Any but break, it's reality. Any break that the Texans and Texans fans can get, they'll take. And this is a a break. Now you feel better. Better the Titans. It's not like the the Titans did a lot of this to themselves. I mean, they broke a lot of yeah. of the the rules and violated a lot of the rules that the NFL had set down. But this is like this is for to be zero and four, and then to come out and win against Jacksonville. We understand the opponent and. You weren't as impressed. Look, I'll tell you, last week when you set down your playoff scenario of how the Texans can get there, yep. I didn't buy it. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, and I'm still not there. But if this scenario occurs, because we all know the best way to get to the postseason, and there's an extra team that gets in this year with seven, is to win your division. And if you you then go 2-0 in the division in division games, two wins, and now you've won at Tennessee. And you bring them down to three and two, there that changes things. Well, there, there's not a team show that I don't think there's a team in this division well, sure that, the that, that appears to be going to run away with 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 the division. They're they're not a team that's going to make it hard for you to overcome a, a slow start. And and look, I, I'm not even I, I'm not even talking about. I, I can't make myself talk about. They even want to talk about the playoffs after you know starting one and four. But the reality of it is, is if you're a Houston Texans fan, you no longer have to hope that this organization falls on its face because Bill O'Brien's here and you want him fired, right? If you're a Texans fan, you no longer are in a position where you can be disappointed because you you can't compete with the powers in the AFC. You're not going to be disappointed if you don't win the division and you don't have to hear about winning divisions being something that that's that should be you know th- those aren't pelts on the wall, so to speak, any longer. If you're a Houston Texans fan, the outlook on this season has changed. One, you can enjoy rooting for the Texans. You can want to see them do well, and I think two is hell. You can shoot for an eight and eight season. And the truth of the matter is, last year, get it, it had, had they had the expanded playoffs, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have gotten the playoffs at eight and eight. So shooting for an eight and eight season. I think is is not a stretch. Why not? You're a talented football team. You're better than 0-4. You got a W. Your division doesn't appear to be one that where people are running. The only front runner in the bunch can't seem to get things right off the field. And that and that's why the five the next five, six days. The only yes, front is. runner is Tennessee, because Phillip Rivers, which you were dead wrong on, Phillip Rivers is absolutely done. He will kill the the Colts even more if they don't just take him out. So that's one where you feel like you can get them, and they're, like you said, not going to run away. In Tennessee, if over the next six days, Buffalo beats them, which I'm looking on the text line, come on, show, put your pants back on. Maybe I don't, maybe I just don't want to wear pants today, but put your pants back on, show, come on, we are, they are what we thought they were. They'll be one and six after the next two games. That's completely possible. But it is possible that Buffalo, who hasn't lost this year either, could go and beat Tennessee because Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. And then 
Now you say, all right, is this what we saw Sunday, more of what we're going to see from the Texans? Because if they can go up and beat them and get to two to two and four, and they're three and two, people here with Bill O'Brien removed are going to have a completely different mindset and feeling. The thought is, well, hold on now. All right, we talked about the back half of this schedule. Yeah. We talked about things. Uh, this could look. Now, if that were to happen, if this next five days the Titans lose twice and one of them to the Texans, then I'll start to say, you know what? Old Clint was up to something there with that playoff breakdown. Well, well, sure. Old Clint was I, up to something. Playoff. Here's the deal, Show. I mean, think about it like this, right? I mean, I feel as confident in saying and in, in, in having the discussion, okay? I feel as confident right now in having the discussion that these guys can get to an eight and eight as I did. As I did. Now this ain't it ain't real confident, right? I'm not saying I'm, my confidence <laughs> level is not through the roof. Listen to me now, right? I feel as confident and comfortable having the conversation about this team being able to get to an eight and eight record as I did before the season started, having a conversation about them getting and winning the AFC championship. Right, everybody. Oh, everybody wants to. Oh man, if they don't get to the AFC Championship, then then that, that the season's a failure. Okay, that's, that's fine. I I no, no, no. A lot of people. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. I, I no, I'm with you. And, and I, I I think that was uh, to me. Hell, I, I tabbed them at eight and eight before the season started. It was a stretch for me to say that this team was ready to compete after what I saw last year versus Baltimore and Kansas City. So it was a stretch to say that this team is going to get to the AFC Championship. Given what we had, the product that we had seen versus the powers that be in the AFC, that was a stretch. Yeah, they were they added some talent. Yeah, there was a lot of change. Deshaun Watson's a year older. The offensive line was there was plenty of conversations to be had about what was going to help them potentially get to that spot. But it was still a stretch, right? It's a stretch to talk about this team getting to eight and eight. No doubt about it. It is a stretch to talk about it. But ultimately, the same things that led people to believe that it was even worth having the conversation about making a playoff run and getting to the FC Championship, those same conversations, those same reasons still exist, but the conversation is about 8-8 eight and eight now. It's not about AFC Championship. You, you follow well, me? Yeah, Does that make sense? Like, uh, like to me, I can have that because it's still a really talented football team. They're not playing very well. All they've done is beat a, beat a bottom-dwelling team that was that – was, that was having a fire sale throughout the, yeah. the, the last two weeks. Of, uh, the kicker can't make a 24-yard field goal. That right. just, I'm well, sorry, I've never yeah. seen anything like that in my life. Well, I mean, hell, old boy, old boy shanked one last night that would have won the game. It was from 50. Was it 50? Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> Not um, 24. Yeah, the, 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 the point is, is that it's just it's one of those things where – Look, I, we're not going to sit here and have a conversation about getting to the playoffs after they beat lowly Jacksonville. But, no. but the, the hope of, the hope here is, hey, man, you can root for this squad. And number two, it wouldn't just blow my mind if they got to 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, and, and Clint, you said, you said they're going to have to pick off some teams got to. that they're not supposed to. Yep. And this, this sets up for them a, a break in a way they no can. No question. You've got a team who's playing Tuesday night. Like some people I've seen under, well, they, they play Sunday and then Thursday game. Well, they're playing Tuesday night. Like generally if you play the Thursday game, you play the noon game. You play early. And then you go and, and you play. They're playing Tuesday night. Tomorrow has to be an off day. Like tomorrow can't be a physical day, you would assume, if they play a hard football. I mean, they're just going to be behind the Texans in terms of preparation and, and probably physical like, like generally, it's fair. A team that plays Sunday to Thursday plays another team that played Sunday to Thursday. 
not a team that plays Tuesday to Sunday that's playing a team that played last Sunday that's got more days off. So you have, like, hell, if you can pick one off and if you can go to Tennessee and beat one of these teams that you wouldn't have thought you would beat at 0-4 and you get to 2-4, and I guarantee you, yes, I'm with you. Hell, Jacksonville ain't, ain't, ain't nothing to write home with. But if they beat Tennessee in Tennessee, I think people will look at this team differently. I may oh, be crazy. There's no doubt. There's, show there's no doubt. You look, I'm looking at Tennessee's schedule right now. They gave up 30 to Jacksonville in week two, had to score 33 to win the football game. They gave up 30 to Minnesota in week three, had to score 31 to win back. the football game. That's not Tennessee football, right? They're, they're not going to win a whole hell of a lot of games where they got to go score 33-plus to win it, okay? When you look down their schedule, they got Buffalo, they got Pittsburgh, they got Baltimore, they got Cleveland who's playing great ball, and they've got Green Bay on the schedule. I mean, there there's a slew of, of games in there that it's not a stretch to think that Tennessee's going to come back to, to to earth a little bit after that run last year in the in the playoffs, and and it's not a stretch to say that hey man, the Texans should improve significantly based off of the fact they started the season zero and four with just the simple changes that have been made with Bill O'Brien getting removed from the equation. It's it's just not a stretch to think that the Texans could possibly get to eight and eight. And as you mentioned, our conversation is being had today because there's a game tonight where the Buffalo Bills play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans got two games in six days coming off the couch. They ain't been they ain't been in camp. They ain't been in practice. They're getting off the couch to go play two games in six days. It's not a stretch to think that the Texans will have an added advantage in in the Tennessee game this weekend that they wouldn't have had normally. It's not a stretch to say show that week 17, let's say Tennessee does have a hell of a year and they wrap things up. It ain't, a, it ain't a stretch to say week 17 that the Tennessee Titans might sit some starters and the Texans catch them, catch them week again. I, yeah, Never I, know. I tell you, if after Sunday night we get up and we come in here Monday morning and the Titans are 3-2 and two and the Texans are 2-4, and four, I think people will be looking at this division a little bit differently here in Houston. Agreed. All right, um, this, this will be fun because I wonder – if there or how many Texan fans out there feel like they may have jumped the gun a little bit on prematurely saying certain players on this team are mediocre or even worse, Clint, straight trash. Some people have said that about players. We'll have a discussion because I think there are two players that fit the build of potentially maybe jumping the gun on. That's next. Sports Radio 610 presents Clint Sterner and the show. All right, this is this is this is one where, uh, and, and I trust the people, um, the people of Houston seven one three five seven two four six ten. You can text in on that number and call in if you like. Like if we if we'll take it back now that Bill O'Brien is gone, and and I think it makes Houston fans see a little bit more clear. Does anyone want any take backs? Any have we jumped ship? too soon on players for the Texans. And, Clint, two guys that come to mind to me are Brandon Cooks and David Johnson, right? I'll I'll start with David Johnson. Do you think that we have, and and when I say we, the collective we, people who watch the Texans and are fans, have maybe jumped too soon off David Johnson? Because David Johnson, a lot of people think he's done. Like, he can't help this. He's trash. Like, uh, we've heard bench him. You think we've, we've, we've jumped a little too quick on him? 
I think we've definitely jumped too quick on him if, if we're ready to bench him. Like, like I, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with the last two weeks. I'm perfectly okay with, with actually allowing Duke Johnson to have, you know, to get more than 29% of the offensive snaps, I think it was. Um, I'm okay with, with um, C.J. Procise maybe getting thrown in there and just throw him a bone, give him a couple of carries here and there, see if he can, if he's got a little twitch and a little burst that can bounce it outside and make a difference for this offense, and and see if you can't find a needle in the haystack with a guy like that, or or maybe strike goal with Duke Johnson and and see what he can bring to the table in an expanded role. I, I do think that is the case, but when I hear David Johnson, um, you know, bench David Johnson, when I hear. David Johnson's a bust. When I hear David Johnson doesn't have any any gas left in the tank, I'm not ready um, to to go to that link quite yet. I, I just when I look at what David Johnson, the entire the entire situation with David Johnson, I think if you take it as a, if you have, if you're open minded and you have a discussion about David Johnson and where he sits right now, I think there's there's a few aspects of it that would that would flip a, 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 a completely negative take on David Johnson on his head, right? I think if you take away the fact that he was acquired in a trade that consisted of arguably the offensively, arguably the, the best offensive Texan to ever strap on the, 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 the pads, ever put on a uniform. It was immediately outside of And- I mean, him. him, it's a conversation about him and Andre Johnson, obviously, right? When I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins, so the 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 shadow of DeAndre Hopkins is is really powerful and will forever follow David Johnson. If you remove that show from the conversation, I think you view David Johnson and what he's bringing to the table um, a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah. To, to me, I think you hit it. Like he, listen, I haven't been happy with David Johnson. Last, last on Sunday, I thought he he left some stuff. The last there. two weeks have been bad. But, Really, for me, for me, Sunday it jumped out of the big, big way, and it, and it's weird because it's been his best game. Um, I don't think he's been terrible. I think he's been missed a lot. Um, I, I don't think up front they've helped him uh, very much at all. But Sunday there were some, some like Sunday his ninety six yards. I said this yesterday. He had a really good fantasy day. Yeah, it was it wasn't like a day. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned there. With him, but I'm not willing. To, I'm not ready to bench him, and I don't think that he can't help this this team. I think he can help the team, and I think one of the things is Clint. He's not. I don't think he's been utilized in the passing game, which to me you could argue is his biggest strength. Like he's not been utilized there in the way that I thought that he would be utilized. Because we heard all off season from Quincy Avery, who was Deshaun's coach, we had on the air talking about man that the running backs. Deshaun talking about getting the ball to the running backs in the passing game. And they haven't really done that, even in moments where he's been open. Yeah, look, I, I think you can argue that fact or that point. I, I think you can argue that he hasn't been used to his strengths in the run game. You know, a lot of people believe that he's yeah. a better outside runner than he is inside runner. And hell, I'm starting to believe it. To be completely honest with you, um, he hasn't been used in the pass game, as you mentioned, particularly in the quick game, dumping the ball to him out of the backfield. He hasn't been used in the screen game as much as you would like to see a starting tailback used in in the in the screen game as well. So, I mean there there's a lot of different ways to look at David Johnson and I think it's accurate to say, well, I don't know that he's been put in position um schematically or often enough to really really highlight 
what David Johnson brings to the table. And with all that, let's set all that aside. So I think another another aspect of him is that you know I'm I'm a big film guy. I, I watched the film drop last night again on 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 the uh, on last week's game, and Deshaun Watson missed him for a touchdown this week. And so if you look just off the top of my head. The one where he was pressured pretty well. He was he slid up. He ended up hurting his back. He slid up in the, into the to the left side of the pocket a little bit and overthrew him. And, and yeah, he got he got hit pretty good. But again, forty million dollar year quarterbacks they they make more of those throws than they miss. It, it's I'm not I'm not criticizing Deshaun. I'm just simply saying that that David Johnson was open for a touchdown a, a good a good distance. I think it was twenty plus yards for a touchdown that would have been a, a big play. And I think if if without going into all the detail, if you look at the film that we've watched over the last three weeks, last four weeks, I think it's safe to say that David Johnson has been missed in the pass game. Deion, uh, Deshaun Watson has missed him in the pass game on at the very least three big pass plays that would have probably totaled over 100 yards receiving, would have been a for sure two touchdowns, if not three touchdowns, and so you, if you were, if that he, changes the way he's. Oh, it, oh, no question, show it changes it big time. It, it it changes the way that David Johnson is viewed week to week, and it changes the big picture view of what he's done in five games. If just those three plays are connected on, now we all know what ifs are, right? If yeah. it, if ifs and buts, well, candy and nuts, we'd all be. I'll have a merry Christmas. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? But. I knew you was gonna have some. Come on, yeah. I know, I'm sorry. I know I've not heard that one. If ifs is if ifs and buts, if, ifs and buts were candies nuts, and nuts, nuts. We'd all have, have a, a merry, merry Christmas. Christmas. There you Damn. go. Yeah. So I mean, so right <laughs> so yeah. I mean, look, it, it's one of the things where if we really look at David Johnson and what he's brought to the table, um, I just really have a very difficult time saying, "Oh hell." Taking the real aggressive approach, bench this guy. So yeah, show when you ask the question of have we jumped ship early on a, on a couple of guys? I think if we're looking at David Johnson completely jumping ship and thinking this is a bust and thinking that 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 he can't help this football team moving forward, I think that's that's probably a little out of line. Yeah, I, uh, he 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 though, especially lately, I think I've defended him a little bit, but I, I agree with you. I don't. I, I think we have jumped it to just say he's as I'm saying on the text line. Hot garbage. I think that's. I think that is. <laughs> that's a stretch. That is a jump to me. Uh, but he he. There have been moments where he hasn't gotten the most that he have he could have gotten on certain plays. And yeah. I think you said that yesterday. There have been plays left so, out there where I, it, it it almost feels like the first couple of games to me just watching, like he felt like people are going to hit it. Like people are going like as soon as he takes the handoff, he was expecting for somebody to be there to hit him and there was nobody there it was the hole there just hit the damn thing yeah. like he was and I and I Show, that's what it looked like it's it's hard for me cuz when you watch the film of the Texans I mean you don't really look at it and go boy he missed a run there he missed it now he doesn't break tackles he doesn't have yards after contact and and you'd like to have your number one back especially when you're paying 10 million dollars to you would like for that guy to do those things for me it really sticks out when I watch other teams like when you watch Ronald Jones at Tampa Bay, I just happened to watch. I don't know why that 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 sticks out, but you you watch that guy, and you know he's my man is running hard. I mean he is getting it, son. You you watch you watch that game um, last night. I mean in something I, mean, I can't. I don't know who the back is for Jackson, for, for uh, the, the Chargers, Chargers. Yeah. and he's rolling, son. He's he's yards after contact, bouncing off of guys, and and you just don't see that from David Johnson, but. Um, 
I, I think I think we've probably jumped ship a little early on him this season. See, I'm seeing this on the text line, and I and I want to get to this because I feel like with Brandon Cooks, it's the same thing. There's no separating from the text line. There is no separating David Johnson from DeAndre Hopkins. I think that hurts Brandon Cooks as well, and I think there is something else that absolutely kills Brandon Cooks because I think what's happened to him from fans has been completely unfair. We'll tell you what that is next. Sports Radio 610 presents Clint Sterner and the show. We talked about it. Are there some players that Texans fans have maybe prematurely jumped the gun on? Just, 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 all right, they're done, man. And we talked about David Johnson. Um, but I think to me, Clint, the most disrespectful person that I believe we've talked about here in terms of what he could do. Like, I've heard Brandon Cooks called mediocre. I've heard Brandon Cooks be talked about in a way like, you know, people have talked about with David Johnson. Like, you think about Randall Cobb and David Johnson, the two other guys who were picked up. Okay, Randall Cobb, maybe he's, maybe you look at him and think he's lost some steps from when he was at his, his height with Green Bay. Okay. Or David Johnson, who has had injuries and many people bring up, well, he hadn't done anything since 16. All right. But Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks had a concussion last year that held him out of games. But he's been in the league six years, and four of those years he's had 1,000-yard receiving seasons. In 2018, he was flat out not just good, but one of the best receivers in the game and what he was able to do. And the things we've heard about him, I definitely think, Many people have jumped the gun on on calling him uh, out to be mediocre, or calling him out to not be somebody that can really help this offense. Yeah, look, I think that's fair as well. Um, I mean, I think it's 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 there's a case to be built around the fact that that Brandon Cooks is a guy that that um, you know at this point in time has has maybe been. Um, Put out to pasture a little bit too soon. I mean, I, I think when you look at Brandon Cooks, you look at a guy that again, the 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 Andre Hopkins shadow is powerful. Um, he didn't come in the trade, but but in a roundabout way, the second round draft pick that they acquired there um, was was definitely traded for Brandon Cooks, and and he plays the same position as DeAndre Hopkins. So when you think about Brandon Cooks, he will forever, at least in a Texans uniform, he will forever be linked to. DeAndre Hopkins, I I really I, I don't think that's that's fair. I don't think it's accurate. I don't think it's fair. Um, and I, I think when you look at Brandon Cooks, when you look at the a receiver, right? We've talked a lot about the fact that there was no preseason, the fact that there was no preseason games, there were no mini camps. Um, hell, the quarterback and the receivers weren't even in the same city to get consistent work in if they wanted to. Um, when we talk about that, I, you know, I, I think it may be a little overvalued when you just talk about a, a team as a whole. When you see other teams go out and play well, it's it's hard to give the Texans a pass and say, well, yeah. okay, we understand it. But that being an old quarterback show, there's no doubt about it that it takes time to create chemistry with a quarterback. And it, it takes reps. It takes days on top of days on top of days full speed reps and so when you look at how this season's gone it's very easy for me to understand how the the lack of time together impacts the quarterback and receivers 
across the NFL, much less guys that have never played together. So whether we're talking about the Hopkins shadow over Brandon Cooks or we're talking about the the chemistry that really takes time between the quarterback and wide receiver, that time was just not something that you had with COVID-19 uh, existing before the season started, um, or you talk about the, the fact that he's been a little bit banged up with that quad injury and hasn't been able to participate in practice every single day with Deshaun Watson in the limited time that they have been that they have been uh, you know together in Houston. So yeah, when I look at the Brandon Cook situation show, I definitely go, man, it's we and I'm guilty of it all with all these guys. I'm guilty of it. We we may have jumped ship a little bit early on Brandon Cooks as well. Yeah, as we're talking about guys that you may have may have prematurely jumped ship on and Brandon Cooks to me is at the top of the list. Like I I, I wasn't shocked at all by his performance, like his ability to do what he did on Sunday. And you said it with David Johnson. You look at the film. Well, we've looked at the film. Like, of all of the players whose numbers should be different, if you just look at the amount of times he's been open and big plays, it's him. Like, he had, like he had been creating separation uh, this season. If you go look on the tape, like, I mean, we talked about it. He missed. He was missed for two touchdowns on one drive against the Ravens. Then we all remember, like, and these ain't ones where some of you didn't see right at first. We all remember the one against Pittsburgh where he was lined up and, and, and with, a line, with a linebacker and beat him and just Deshaun missed him there. So, yeah, his numbers are different. But you brought up the, the DeAndre Hopkins shadow, and I think for him and David Johnson we talked about earlier, I think there's a Bill O'Brien shadow. A major one where now some people may get mad if I say this, but I, I feel like there are people, many people within the fan base that just didn't want to wrap their minds around those guys performing because they're tied to Bill. Now, maybe that Bill is gone, maybe there will be a reboot on on a chance that people will give guys like, maybe, that will give guys like Brandon Cooks because yeah, DeAndre was a factor, but I think because he was tied to help Bill and Jack Easterby, uh, he's talked about Jack Easterby, I think that was a, a real issue for how people gave up on yeah. him so quickly. Yeah, look, I've heard Sean Pendergast in the morning with Payne and Pendergast. You know, I've heard him talk you know, multiple times about how now the city of Houston, the fan base, you can all root for this team to do well. And, and I think if, if you – if you take that thought and you and you narrow it down to the individuals on this team, yeah, I think it's fair to say that that fans now can can really root for Brandon Cooks to to be the receiver that we've seen him be in the past and and the receiver that we all expected him to be um, in, in a Houston Texans uniform. And I, and I think there's no doubt about it. Show that people people wanted to see guys that came in for Jadavion Clowney, <laughs> Jacob Martin, Barkevius Mingo. Right, guys that came in for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, they, they, I think it's just natural to go, man. I, I hope those guys don't do well. I hope they don't work out in Houston, so it even looks it looks worse for Bill O'Brien the moves that he made to get him up out of here. Well, he's up out of here now, yeah. and right. So I think it's safe to say that that we can all we can all get back in the boat of of rooting for Brandon Cooks to to continue to put up the numbers that he put up this past week. And 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 again. Look, show we can talk about this past week and how it was Jacksonville, and but man, when you look at what Brandon Cooks was able to do, those are just simply things that, regardless of the opponent, that this offense hasn't done in the past. And and Brandon Cooks and Deshaun Watson were able to connect in a big way on Sunday. And I don't care who the opponent is, 
that's what Brandon Cooks is capable of doing, right? If it's not Brandon Cooks, that's what Will Fuller is capable of doing. Those two guys being combo punches with this offense. And that's what we thought we were oh, going to see. Oh, come on. That, that's, that's just the reality of it is, is now you got to pick your poison, right? And what are you going to do, Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks? And, and now both of those guys have really good tape on, 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 uh, you know, on the season. And I think defenses are going to have to really decide who they want to, who they want to buckle down on. And when you decide to buckle down on Fuller, Cooks is going to, is going to be able to cook you. Right, if you get down on on Cooks, then Fuller's going to have the chance to to make plays and get over the top. So we'll see how it all works out. But yeah, show. I, I think when you look at Cooks, um, I think big picture of all the people that we hear from, text line, phone yeah, calls. He's the one, man. He's, he's the one yeah. for me. He's he's because that that dude's just a good football player, and he just Agreed. has. He's twenty six. He's he was twenty six when they got him here. He was a good football player, and and he's just somebody we've seen. We're just like, damn. Like that, like goose egg against the the Vikings. That's not him. Yeah, no, and it, it's not him. And you know there was some there was some miss misses there with him as well in that game. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Cooks is the one. I got I got I got a I got a question to pose to you and the people real quick. My man Whitney Merciless. He he seems to be a contract that most people like. If I would think of the contracts that most people are annoyed by the most here for the Texans, it's his. 13 million, 13.5 million he's making this year. You know, he leads the team in sacks. And uh and, and he's on pace to have double digit sacks. He's had three sacks in the last two games. I'm wondering, is this Whitney Merciless acceptable? Like he's not perfect. His his him against the run has been rough at times. But if he gets you double digit sacks this year, he could t- is this Whitney acceptable? If he gets you double-digit sacks this year, I think Whitney and his contract are acceptable. Whoa, whoa. There's, wow. there's no, there's no other way to slice it, right? I mean, if not, take all your personal feelings out of the mix, right? There's some people out there just hate Whitney. Take all your personal or, feelings, or out the, of the person mix. who gave him the money. Either way, I mean, <laughs> just, just take your personal feelings out of the mix, and you, you find me guys that are veterans that are giving you double-digit sacks and ain't making thirteen million a year. Right, I mean, and you you find me because because what happens is if you go get double digit sacks, right? If Whitney goes and gets double digit sacks, then all of a sudden the 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 story changes, right? It 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 changes from an edge rusher that is really good against the run, is a good counter punch to JJ Watt, and you know can can uh, can go get you a sack, a few sacks here and there, to. By the way, a first, second, the three-down edge rusher to, okay, now none of that matters, right? None of that matters. Whether we like it or not, none of that matters anymore. When an edge rusher puts up double-digit sacks, <laughs> it's a stat-driven position, and when a du- when an edge rusher puts up double-digit sacks, that guy's value goes through the roof. That guy's value all of a sudden is, well, he's a third-down pass rush specialist, right? So – Right now, you look at it as Whitney, and you go, hey, man, if Whitney Merciless ain't going to play the run the way that that I've been told he can play the run, the way that we've seen him play the run in the past on film, if he's not going to do that, then I don't see how you justify painting 13 a year. But if he goes and gets you double digits, I don't need I don't need to be great versus Even the run. Even as poor as he's been against the run, because he's been poor Well, he's got to play. Time. Oh, he's- yeah, he's got to play. He's got to play better. I mean, 
regardless of what the hell the stats say. He, he's got a, he, he is your poster child show for guys just not giving effort, guys just showing up and not playing hard. To me, he's the one that when I hear you say that, I immediately think about 59. Being blocked by Don Beebe's son or nephew, whoever the hell Chad. he was, right? Chad, Chad Beebe. Right, getting blocked and, and getting blocked by tight Hooks. ends yeah. here and there and, and getting hooked by receiver. I mean, it's just – and not not that that, not that that happened, but that you didn't even fight through it. Nah, yeah. I mean, it was you, fourth and two, man. You just – you got out rimmed. That's uh, it. I mean, just – just I mean, I'm going to tell you, Jacob Martin on the film, the film from Sunday, uh, Sunday's game drop versus Jacksonville, good film to watch if you're a Houston Texans fan. Jacob Martin drops back in in pass in, 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 in coverage, and they uh, Jacksonville throws a little flare screen out to to the quarterback's right, and Jacob Martin, and the receiver tried to block him, and when I say Jacob Martin arrived at that block point with with violence, like with bad intentions, the receiver got up going, man, I'm real sure I want to block 54 again. I remember you know what that I mean? number. So, so whether he made the play or not, you watch that and you go, holy cow, right? Whitney's yet to have one. He's had several opportunities to do that and has yet to do it. So, yeah, you, there's no doubt he's got to play better. But if you can get me off the field on That's third it. down Bingo. or if you can on first and second down make it first and 12 or, it. Or, or, or second and 12 or third down and, and 15 because you got a sack. And think of he's leading the team in sacks. He was there to scoop up. The fumble that Martin forced because he was giving pressure as well. Like you start asking yourself, all right, is that contract worth it? And I'm seeing it on the text line. He only gets sacks because JJ's on the field. Who cares? Yeah, that's fine. Because Clowney didn't. <laughs> hey, look here. Clowney didn't get double digit sacks. Look here. Clowney doesn't have one yet on the season. By the way, if if he gets you, if he gets you ten plus sacks this season, I'm telling you, it's out. It don't matter why. Don't matter who he's playing next to. It don't matter what the team's record is. That is a stat-driven position, and the thirteen million dollars salary contract will be justified. And you know he didn't. He ain't getting just double-digit like ten sacks and no other pressures. I mean, he would have to probably have pressures to go along with it. So that that's one to ask yourself: if you get this Whitney double-digit sacks, is that acceptable? All right, the Astros are in trouble. But how much trouble are they in? We'll discuss that coming up next. 